everybody, this is Johnny Gioelli from Hardline, Axel Rudy Pell, Crush 40, Enemy Eyes. Whew, what a busy guy. And you're listening to the one and only Godless Heathens. Lightning. Fire. Power of God or something. He died for our sins. That shall be his undoing. Hey, 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 what is going on here? Shocking. Positively shocking. That's just funny. <laughs> ah, fuck you. I love it when a plan comes together. Hey, come here. Hi. God damn it. Okay, now, uh, if by any chance I get like flustered, you know, when I'm hurling from space, and, and, and pull the red one first. Oh, then you're gonna wind up looking like a well done chili burger. They're gonna have to shovel you into a coffin. Find and fulfill your destiny. You bastard. Drop dead! I don't do requests. You remember one thing. You screw up just this much. You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I'm Larry. Fuck off, Larry. Right here. Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor. And I've got a very, very special guest today. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He's one of the best vocalists in the world. If you're not familiar with him, you're about to be. Um, I'm talking about Johnny Gioli, and he is the vocalist for Axel Rudy Pell, fucking Hardline, which is a, another great band. Uh, and he also has a new band out now, and we're going to be talking about their new album, History's Hand. And uh, it's Enemy Oz, and History's Hand, and it comes out on Frontier Records November 18th. Johnny, thank you so much for doing this today, man. I'm a huge fan. Dr. Vincent, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. Um, yeah, man. No, my pleasure. My pleasure, man. There's so much to talk about, man. I wish we had like four hours, but uh, we can we can dive into whatever you want to talk about today, aw man. Awesome. Tell me, first of all, as a hardline fan, how that came, how that came, how you came to be in that band. Whoa, that's quite a story, man. So my sister was uh, together with Neil Sean from Journey for about eight years. Really? We were married and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't know this story, but uh, and we, my brother and I, were in a band called Brunette. You know, big Sunset Strip Hollywood band. Nice. And um, we never asked Neil for for any help in the music business. My brother and I did what we did. Um. And so it was one uh, holiday. We all got together the holidays. We're all, all from the East Coast, and we're actually in our family home in Pennsylvania. I'm from New York, but we had a home in Pennsylvania. And uh, right. we were all together. My brother and I were working on an album called Brothers, which was going to be just this heavy sort of heavy kind of Nelson uh, album, if you remember those guys. Oh, Brothers, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we were, we were working on like a heavy version. We were going to call it Brothers. And Neil heard what we were doing. We were sitting in the kitchen playing. We had our acoustics and we were working on some stuff. And he comes running in and is like, whoa, let me hear that. And we played it. It was a song called Face the Night, which actually did not make it on the Double Eclipse album. But we recorded it. It's still sitting in a vault somewhere. That's so crazy. We song called, yeah, called Face the Night. And he goes, let me see the guitar for a second. He said, try this, try that. And what he was doing from a chord, you know, musical perspective was absolutely brilliant. And I'm just going to condense the story for us. 
I said, Neil, are you interested in producing this record? He goes, well, man, I'm working on the Bad English record, but let's just write. Let's write together, keep writing and writing and writing, and, and we'll see. I said, okay. So we all went back to LA because that's where we live. And he would go to the studio and I would work at his house literally every day, morning till night. I sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote. And he'd come home late. He's one of the hardest working musicians I've ever known. Right. Oh, Sean, I mean, always working, always playing, always thinking, always writing. And, and his chord knowledge, he's just a brilliant musician. Anyway, he would come home from the bad English sessions and he'd go, okay, Johnny, what'd you write today? And I go, okay, this one I call a change of heart. This is called Can't Find My Way. And I write, and then we would take the song and together build it. He would obviously add his chord knowledge and his brilliance into the songs. And we, we grew the songs. So he had such an immense love for the songs and for the way we worked so well together that he actually said, why don't we turn this into a band and I'll grab Dean because Dean's with me, like he's with Journey, of course. Sure. And we'll take Dean, we'll find a bass player, and we'll we'll turn us into a band. And originally I said, no. I said, no, man, not really into that. We're going to do this brothers thing. And he was like, what? <laughs> so after a little time <laughs> went by and he was shocked. Yeah, he was shocked we didn't really want him in the band. Well, we had a different thing we were thinking about. You know, we were long-haired guys. He was short-haired guy. It was just kind of a stupid, you know, thing that we were just trying to, you know, have this look. And we were still sure. stuck in the 80s a little bit, even though it was the, the well, it was still late 80s. But uh, anyway, long story short, I said, you know what, let's let's do this, because he's just a great guy. We, we're like brothers. We write together. Like, I mean, we wrote every day, and let's just do this. So that's how the band was formed. And then um, we were searching for a bass player. We auditioned hundreds of bass players in Los <laughs> Angeles. And then Dean says, you know what, I know this guy, he played for Alice Cooper, played for, for David Lee Roth, his name is Todd Jensen, and he's really great, I think he's going to fit us, our culture, he's going to fit. And we met him, we jammed, and we we're like, that's the guy. And that's how Hardline was born. So, I was working as a projectionist in a movie theater, okay. and I saw the trailer for Rapid Fire, and I was like, yeah, man, man, that song... I'll be there. I was like, "Holy yep. shit, this is fucking off. Dude, gives me the gives me the chills to this day every time I hear the song. Was that one? Was that just to ask you about that song? Because I absolutely love that song. Is that something that you guys was that a later song in the sessions for Hardline, or was that something right off the bat? So that was right off the bat. But what happened? That was music that. That music alone, just strip out the melody, the, I will be there, strip all that shit out, yeah. all the melody, all the lyrics out. That was Neil and Jonathan Kane wrote that music, and they handed me a tape, yeah, like a cassette tape, you know, <laughs> that shit. It's awesome. And said, and said, this music is hit music. See what you can do with it. And later that day, literally, I drove to the studio that in, in Hollywood that they were recording at, I said, put this in a player. And I'll never forget, like, Jonathan Cain slid down his seat. <laughs> and I go, what do you guys think? And Neil's like, fucking A, man, that's fucking awesome. And that's it. I just, I had the idea, I heard it, and 
recorded it literally in his little apartment, sang it to a couch, into a microphone, and that was the demo. Brought it to the studio. What do you guys think? Oh my God. And that made it to the album. And how did it, do you know how it ended up in Rapid Fire? So Brandon Lee was actually uh, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon. Was, of course, yeah. Was a hardline fan. He was a, he became a hardline fan. Those songs, bro, were already cut into the movie before they even offered us our fee. Really? For those songs. Yeah, he he didn't care what he had to pay. He wanted those those songs in in the uh, in the movie. I love it. Was it. Like that, we went to a we went to a screening, and they were already cut in. I'm like, wait a minute, they're already <laughs> cut in. I, we thought we were just going to watch the movie to see if we liked the movie to put the music in it. And they were like, oh, hell no. Brandon wanted cut in. It's in. And that was a, that was a very nice uh, payday. That's great. So, so Brandon just approached you guys and was like, hey, I, I want y'all to put this music in. That's crazy. Yeah, well, he approached. He, he went to, because you have to basically license it through the record company. Sure. So he went to the record company. And said, "Hardline, I love these guys. I want these two songs." That's and incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call us and say, "Hey guys, what will you sell these two songs for?" They they want them, and and that's how it it kind of works. And you know, it's I, I would have given them for free to be honest with you because it's just such a an amazing feeling going to the theater and you, you hear your music. Or now it's you know when I see it on TV. And that still generates royalties. It's still being played all around the world, that that, that movie, and it's just mind blown. Such a shame what happened to him. Oh, it's awful. It's it's Yeah, terrible. I had tried, uh, just real quick, I, I had tried a few years ago to try to get Shannon to come on, uh, his sister, and it just it's it's like trying yeah. to get, you know, the Pope on. It's just not gonna happen. You know, it was just like yeah, it's hard. But I, I love, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of their dad and obviously his Brandon was so awesome. Um, but yeah, he was. so and I never got to meet him. I never got to meet him, which was a bummer, man, because he was a big hardline fan. Oh, so, it, did none of you guys get to meet him, or no? Because right shortly after, man, we hit the road. We were gone, man. Right. I was gone for my God, a year and a half straight. That's crazy. We were gone. Yeah, we that sucks. We would do three months in Europe alone. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't. When we did the U.S., we did. We didn't stop. We did the U.S. three times. I didn't know what state or si forget about the city. I didn't know what state <laughs> I was in. Right. Oh, so we worked hard, man. Even did you? Meal, we played everywhere. I wanted to ask you too, with the no, and I don't even mean this because I'm saying this from I love your voice. Um, Thank you, man. Were you ever did did Neil ever kick? Did they ever you know go? Uh, maybe you should come in and and. Singing Journey? Did that ever, did that conversation ever like? No, never did, and I wouldn't do it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a gig for me. I, you know. I just didn't know if they ever asked you, because I love your voice. I think you could sing well, anything, so. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks, Dr. Vincent. I, I, I don't, I don't think I could represent the songs like they should be like Arnell is representing them. You know what I mean? I, I oh no, say, yeah, he's great. I don't even mean it yeah, like that. I just figured because no, no, I know what you mean. I just don't think I could have done it well. <laughs> so that's all. I just don't think I could have done the songs right. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could. Could I hit the notes and stuff like that? Yes, but 
I just don't think it would have worked. I would have said no. I don't care how much money. And I get, you know, I get every week, bro, I have people saying, Johnny, will you sing on this song for me? Sure. And I don't think, I don't think I can bring value to the song. I don't do it. Okay. It's all about, it's all about, you know, this marriage between lyrics and melody and making a song what it is. Right. You know, what it was intended to be. So... I think I would have said, I, no, I know I would have said no to that gig. I mean, to me, you could have killed it on the bad English stuff, any of that stuff. I would have, I would have shit. Cause I, like I said, man, I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this. I've been a fan of your voice for ever since I bought that first hardline cassette. I was like, God damn, this is fucking awesome. And I've tried to follow you. That's how I found you in Axel, uh, in Axel Repel. Cause I was like, Jesus. Wow. And then just fell in love with it, man. Before we did this interview, I literally was cranking, uh, Cold Heaven. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, that song is so goddamn good. Like, I, I'm telling you, man, like, I, and then, you know, because I didn't know, because I'm not, at the time, in the early 2000s, I wasn't super, like, knowledgeable in power metal. It's something I fell in love with uh, immediately. But when I found Axel stuff, and I was like, why does this sound familiar to me? And then I saw, I literally, because I would just go into a record store and buy a CD. And I bought that album, and I bet... I've listened to that song a million times just because it's like it, and, and, and bought everything since because I was like anything if you're on it I bought it. I had to go, oh, went, went backwards and forwards and it's I mean nothing against him I, I don't want you know Axel to think I'm like not a fan of his guitar he's amazing but I'm just saying you were the reason I bought it you know I was like god damn this is fucking killer you know like so to me you could sing not I'm not saying you should I'm saying you could have killed the bad English you could have killed anything to me you sang on because I was like god damn yeah, you got such range and power. Um, and real quick, the Axel Rudy Pell thing, how did that happen? Same thing, same situation. Axel was a huge fan of Hardline. Hardline opened a lot of uh, you know musical doors for me. Uh, he was a huge fan. I didn't know who the hell he was. I didn't either. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't focused on Europe at all at that time, and he contacted me through... Shit, okay, wait. Crush 40 was through Doug Aldridge. Okay. Because Doug, Doug was super big in Japan, so June to Doug to me, and Axel, I don't remember how he got to me, but it was like the beginning days of, so 98, so it was like uh, the internet, so we just had, we had email and shit, so it was like, <laughs> it was email, and I didn't, we spoke back and forth through email for one year, I didn't even know what his voice sounded like, <laughs> and we, we made a deal together, and I listened to some of the old stuff, and I said, oh, man, this is shit I grew up on. I can sing this in my sleep. Sure. So for me, I looked at it as like, oh, my God, this is, uh, you know, this is a perfect segue into Enemy Eyes, you know, coming out of Axel Rudy Pell. So I went over there and didn't even know the sound of his voice, flew in, took a train. There he was standing there. We went right to the studio, and we worked on Oceans of Time, the first album that I did with him, and now it's 20 will be 25 years in 2023 singing for him. I love I love the stuff. Every show. Yeah, it's crazy. We've sold we've sold millions of records. It's been an amazing ride. We've really I mean our shows are sellouts and we play all over the place. I mean we could play nonstop around the world if we wanted to. But we just try to make nice exclusive you know, shorter 15, 20 show tours. We've got another one coming up April and May, which I think is sold out. Oh, wow. So it's it's incredible, man. It's incredible. So 
that's what I mean, man. I can go over there, I can play rock star, and then I can come home and my wife makes me vacuum and put out the trash. <laughs> so yeah. Let me ask you this. As far as is when does does he like write a lot of do you all write together or do you all write separately, you and Axel, or how does that work? So he writes everything. He does not allow anyone to write anything. I oh. don't know why. Uh, well, I, 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 he just likes to maintain the control of, of his of his writing, and that's fine. And I know him, obviously, 25 years, and he can present something to me, and I already know how he wants it to sound uh, lyrically. I help him with some of the English. If something is just, you know, atrocious, I help him. But he won't let anyone write with him. I wish he did, but it's that's his thing, and that's fine. It's, it's, Dude, he's it's a fan. fucking genius. You could seriously, "Cold Heaven" may be one of the best songs ever written. That that song, I know that's stupid. That song has got me through so much bullshit, man. I mean, really? So that record yeah, specifically, I, I, but but that goddamn song, the guitar solo in that song, it, dude, it makes. Your vocals and his guitar playing, just in general, but that record, because it was the first one that I bought, and then I went backwards and obviously stayed with you guys ever since, that record, which I believe was like 03 or 04, and then I have been a fan ever since, but that that song got me through some serious shit. I'll just say that. You can tell him that for what it's worth. I'm a huge fan. I will do it. There's there's uh, awesome. there there's three guitar players ever on earth to me. There's Eddie Van Halen, there's Michael Shanker, and there's Axel Rudy Pell. So, um, oh, yeah. those are those are my guys. And you, sir, with him, it is magic. That's all I know. Oh, thank you. Uh, the show the show doc is so um, amazing. It's you know the band's been around so long that we just we know each other so well and. People just have a great escape when they come to an ARP uh, show, you know. And um, I like, I'm already, I can't wait for April. Uh, oh, I bet. Uh, I bet. I love it's, it. It's incredible. I love it. I mean, it's really, really a lot of fun. And so with Axel Rudy Pell, which is really sort of that old school Richie Blackmore kind of oh, thing. so good. That's when I, yeah, that's when I got the, the itch to go back to that style but kind of modernize it and that's how enemy eyes has been has been awesome born so yeah so that's that's where enemy eyes came from and i'm like i want to do something theatrical and cool and different and have it be heavy but have it you know still melodic and so yeah that's how the whole thing just sort of segued into into this new project now for the new project was it hard picking bandmates no, so we knew who we wanted to record with, and we were just hoping that we could use the same guys for for live. And so, no, it was it was really easy. Uh, you know, when you're in the business as long as I am, I'm I don't know since I'm 11 years old, <laughs> and so yeah, so you learn, you know, who's doing what, and stylistically, who sounds like what. And then, so it's pretty easy to figure out, like, I really want that guy because of that tone and that guy because of his feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you just you just go for it. And so the recording process is the first sort of uh, step towards knowing if it's going to work, you know, uh, you know, from from musically and then from a cultural, of course, sure we all get along and shit. You know? 
so and it does these guys are awesome guys as far as writing for this uh, for history's hand was it was it difficult to do or no as a matter of fact I had the most fun I've ever had uh, writing honestly I, I have this album uh, in my playlist and I, I run every single day and that I listen to it over and over and even I am like wow we made that and you know lyrically I had such a great time I mean when you're writing songs like praying on your weakness and I just had a great fucking time with 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 it and it's it's you know it's edgy as you said it's more aggressive and it will translate live you know what's funny is like I can take a song even like you know, Hardline's Hot Cherie, which is kind of a pop song. Yeah. But live, it comes off heavy. Everything we do translates heavy. So I said, why not just write freaking heavy and have a good time with it? Sure. And that's, and, that's, and that's what I did with this album. And it's your 100th release. That's insane. Yeah, one 100 albums worldwide. Yeah, I don't have enough wall space for all the freaking albums. It's crazy. It's crazy. When you... I, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, to ask you this too, another actual Rudy Pell question, if it's okay. Um, sure. Yeah. Is it hard for you guys to do a set list now with so much material? Yes. Good question. Simple answer. Yes, because like you have your favorites. Everyone has their favorites, and they've got a one hell of a. F- freaking list of songs to pick from so we know we know live which songs are the classics you know just like hardline playing hot cherie and rhythm from a red car and you know what i mean and in the hands of time axel has his also and so it's really freaking difficult and we change it oh my god we change it freaking 20 times before we get to rehearsal <laughs> Do you all generally play a pretty long set? I've never got to see you, obviously. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We. It's this show is close to two hours. Yeah. But there's a lot of soloing and there's a lot of parts where I could go and take a shower. We joke about this. <laughs> Axel likes to jam. So we make a signal like little fingers over the head. That means I'm gonna go take a fucking shower while he's playing. And you know. Uh, so yeah, the show we we typically try to keep it an hour and forty five minutes. More than that. It's just a little bit too much, too much noise. It's incredible. <laughs> but I enjoy it, man. I lost 12 pounds on that tour, bro. 12 Ooh. pounds. On w- with the last one? Yeah, with the Axel Rudy Pell tour, I lost 12 pounds. That's how I run on that stage. Holy shit. I don't stop. Yeah, 12 pounds, gone. That's 15 shows on that last one, 12 pounds. That's wild. Are you, are you got, or, wild. or I guess, is Axel working on new stuff for you guys? So what we're planning now is we're doing a new ballads album this December. Okay. So, uh, come up. We're going to do another ballads album, and then we'll start on another studio album for uh, for 2023. Awesome. Maybe you so, can, maybe we can chat again about that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be a 24 release, if I'm not mistaken. But we're going to record it in 23. Oh, we're still. It's incredible. We're still, yeah, we're still touring off of the. What the hell's our album called? Something twenty three. Yes. Uh, yeah. With that, see how many see how many albums. You have a lot of stuff, man. Lost, it's lost, lost twenty three. There we go. Lost twenty three. So, 
Um, yeah, man, we still have many records to go, and uh, you know we're not getting any younger, but we're we're having such a great time, and we have such a a format. We know each other so well. Like we have a gorgeous tour bus, man. We have a beautiful double decker. I have my own office in the back. Oh wow! And yeah, it's insane. And but I know that when Folker, the bass player, wakes up. I know not to say anything to him until he has a cup of coffee. We know each other <laughs> so well. You know what I mean? Right. Bobby Rondinelli, Bobby Rondinelli wakes up and he starts shaving immediately. Uh, we don't know why. He doesn't know why, but he, just <laughs> usually, he sits down and starts shaving in the bus. I'm like, okay. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we live together, man, when we're touring. I mean, we, we're on that bus. We sleep through the night on that thing, and then we wake up, obviously, we have breakfast together every single day. We have dinner together every single day. We go to hotels together every single day. So to have that that um, friendship uh, in business, because it is a business, man, sure. uh, it's, a, it, a, it's a great thing. So that band will continue as long as Axel wants it to, I think. You know what I mean? Have you guys ever played in America? Because if you have, it was nowhere near oh. probably me. But Nope. No, that's a thing too. He Axel doesn't really have any desire to play in America. It's kind of uh, reverse for him as it is for me. He likes being, you know, basically home. For him, that works. You know what I mean? Yeah, so of course. He doesn't, really have to leave, he doesn't have to leave Europe. I mean, we go everywhere. We're putting together a tour now, in Bulgaria. Oh wow! We could, play, we could play Serbia. We could. I mean, we can play. We've played Russia. We've sold out Russia. We've played Saint Petersburg, Moscow. We, you know, he doesn't really need to come to America. I don't know what he, we would draw here, and that's part of my fear, man. Part of my fear is like I'd be nervous that I could only put like twenty people in a Starbucks. You know, I don't know what would happen if well, I played in North America. I don't I think. Play there. I don't think America gets what he does. And I'm going to tell you something, sir. It's magic. Every record that I've bought that you guys do together, I love what he's doing. I hope you'll tell him that. Um, I hope you'll tell him Cold Heaven's got me through some tough shit. And I'm a huge fan, but I totally get it. I would never step foot soil here if, if it's not a good business venture. And if people don't get it, you know? Other European folks get it. A lot of yeah. our listeners are European, and God bless them, because without them, then I don't exist. And it's so, you know what I mean. It's like, I mean, America's cool and all, but it's like, if there's no if there's no venue for, or vignette for, you know, that type yeah. of music. Because I love it. Well, that's, yeah, that's what happened. America sort of moved on, you know, after the 80s and the, you know, even after, like, even the grunge thing was pretty short-lived in the 90s, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. And then it uh, sort of morphed into other stuff, you know what I mean? And um, so America seems to move on where, the, you know, the European community uh, is very die-hard. Let me tell you something. So, like, let's, let's take Bulgaria. Okay. Bul Bulgaria was, it was illegal to play anything but Bulgarian music, you would go to jail. So if you cranked up a Ronnie James Dio tune, yeah, not even, not even like less than fifteen years ago, if you cranked up a Ronnie James Dio song, they could put you in jail. Oh wow! It was illegal to play God. music. 
Right. You could only be Bulgarian music. Is that insane? Yes. So, so take that market. When I play there, man, I see more ACDC and, uh, and, and um, who the hell else, and Van Halen and Scorpions t-shirts than I ever had in my life. Because it's kind of new for them. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I just did a solo show in in a city called Trutakan, and I had 8,000 people for my solo show. Really? It, yeah. It is still like for, you know, melodic guys, old school rocker guys like me. That's where you can really perform and and you have big numbers so i don't know what would happen in america the audience doesn't support it here anymore and that's okay it's just that's not the venue anymore it's over there so that's where i go i go where the work is you know what i mean i think it's awesome and just know that you have fans here i'm i, I know i can't Thank be the only know. one man i love what you do um and this new album is fucking killer i'm sorry we didn't talk about it a whole lot i kind of geeked out on you um, That's okay, man. <laughs> about the other stuff. Um, but I was going to ask you, as far as Hardline, are you going to continue to do uh, material for that as well? Or are you going to more focus on what you're doing here or actually repel or just a whole bunch of different stuff? Or So, two things. So, contractually, uh, the business side of things, I have another album to do with Hardline contractually. Okay. another album I want to do. Um, after that album, even the record company knows, I'm not sure, bro. I'm really not sure. Uh, Enemy Eyes is such a, a spark of newness and excitement for me. Sure. And Hardline, although it's my baby, it's my, it's my brainchild, it, um, it's more historical you know, memory kind of stuff, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a shitty answer, but I really don't. No, it's cool. I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So um, one more album for sure, and then, you know, we'll all have to see where I'm where, where I'm at with life and where I'm at with Enemy Eyes, because I, I, I want Enemy Eyes to be uh, the focus, um, because I have a real clear vision for what I want it to be, and I think the fans are just going to flip the fuck out when they see this live oh yeah absolutely absolutely um and then as far as i've always wanted to ask you this i figured i would ask you what the hell right um yeah. is there is there anybody you've ever wanted to work with past or present meaning alive or deceased that you wish you could work with you know oh man i've done some duets with some great amazing and talented singers um on that bucket list man i've always wanted to do a duet with pink okay i'm not a pop guy but pink's voice when i hear pink i think well first of all she's amazing and i and i think our voices would work just so well we could do just something so freaking heavy and killer I know that sounds odd. You would never think that I would want to do something with Pink, but no, it's hey, um, yeah. I, I Pink is on the list. Um, of course, I'm a massive fan of Freddie Mercury. Okay, we've got on the Life album. We do the tribute. Who wants to live forever? Sure. Tribute on Life album. So Freddie and 
I don't know, man. I mean, I've I've met so many massive stars, you know, Brian May and Roger Daltrey, and I, you know, I know that you know we used to hang out with Soundgarden guys, Guns and Roses. I mean, I we toured with Van Halen. My first show ever with Hardline was Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit with Van Halen. It was like 50, 55,000 seats. Oh my God. And there I am, my very first show as an international artist with our Double Eclipse album, and I'm opening up. It was just Hardline and Van Halen. And I'm so, I mean, I've, I've been with the, the, the greatest of the greats, man, and I'm so grateful for it. So uh, I've gotten to work with all a lot of these guys, so... But, uh, yeah, pink. That's strange, huh? No, it's, hey, it's cool. I appreciate the, the uh, insight for me as a fan. I think uh, our listeners will as well. I think it's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so kids pick up uh, Enemy Oz's uh, debut album, uh, History's Hand. It's going to be coming out November 18th on Frontiers. Johnny, thank you so, so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time today, and I hope we can do this again sometime. Dr. Vincent, keep everybody well, man. And uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for your support. Cracker Jack timing, Wang. Total concentration. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Take us out. Wait, good sir. Brought it here to me, I... I'll be quiet.